You're listening to the Sunday Sips Podcast with a caffeinated Catholic. I'm your host, Mackenzie. The day is Sunday, the vibe is post-mass joy, and the scene is our weekly coffee date. Well, let's sip. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Sunday. So I got behind on recording these episodes again. Life just gets so crazy so fast, you guys. So I'm literally recording this the day before you will be listening to it on Saturday. But yeah, life updates. Let's see. It has been so nice out here in Minnesota. Finally, it was like 30 and 40 degrees all spring, like since spring has started. And it's been killing me. I I'm someone who's so affected by the weather and it just like, if it's cloudy and rainy, it's been really rainy too. Anytime we have a nice day, I swear it rains. Um, It just, you know, it takes a toll on your mood when it's been like that for like six plus months. So just this week, we were starting to get up to the 60s and even hit 70 a few times. Um, So I have my door open today and I've been going on a lot of walks, things like that. It just is like, the biggest mood boost to me, like depression who? Just kidding. But like, I don't know. I think it really does have such an effect on <laughs> my outlook on the world. I Maybe it sounds silly. Probably not. I think that's very real. I think a lot of people are very affected by the weather. Me being one of them. So yeah, that has been a huge blessing. Um, still kind of trying to get my feet under me with work um, at my new job. And it's been really good. But I think it's like, I don't totally have the rhythm of it all yet. Um, but yeah, I'm really liking work. I think it's been good. Always a bit of an adjustment period. Um, I feel like I've been doing a lot of fun things this week too. Um, just like hitting the town, mainly with Joe at night. Um, for Cinco de Mayo, we went out to this fun um, Mexican restaurant and they had a little event going on outside. Um, and so there was live music and actually it was a DJ. I guess that's still live music and got a margarita and some tacos. I just love like hitting the town. I love feeling like I'm out and about and there are other young people out. Anything that makes me feel like I'm hitting the town, I am there. So that was super fun for me. And then yesterday we went to um, a St. Saint Paul Saints game, which is the like AAA baseball team here. Um, they're playing the... Iowa Cubs, who um, I'm a big Cubs fan, and so is Joe, um, and the Iowa Cubs, like Chicago Cubs recruit from the Iowa Cubs team, so that was pretty fun. We saw a few players who have already played for them, um, or, you know, prospects, things like that. I probably don't know the technical term, so don't hate me if this is all wrong, (laughs) but that was super fun. It was a beautiful evening, again, and just kind of got to we sat in the grass at the game and got to look up at the skyline and watch some baseball. So nice. Just great to be outside. I love being outside. <laughs> really just turns my mood around. Um, today, my Sunday sip is quite uninteresting. I'm just having one cup of black coffee. I accidentally bought decaf the other day and I was so deeply disappointed. I'm like, what a just literal waste of money. I opened it too before I realized and... I just don't even drink decaf. What? When will I ever drink that? Maybe I should should start drinking decaf. But so I went and I got some regular, but just felt like a waste of money. Um, I've been trying to cut back on caffeine though. So this is my like one coffee in the morning. 
And I've been trying to stick to that. More often than not, I've been pretty okay at having just one cup of coffee in the morning. Um, not that I wasn't even really having like a problem with caffeine. I wasn't having trouble sleeping or anything. I think I just kind of started processing how much caffeine I put into my body a day. And I'm like, that cannot be good for me. So for no particular reason other than just kind of thinking about it and thinking, hmm, maybe I could do some things that are better for my health. <laughs> um, and it's been good, pretty easy, honestly. One weird thing about me is that I, I used to have like so many cups of coffee a day. If I go one day without having it, I do not have a withdrawal. I don't know why that is. I just like don't get caffeine withdrawal. Um, I never have any symptoms, never get a headache or anything without coffee. But yeah, so kind of weird. So when I took a few days off of coffee last week, I think I had mentioned that to you guys, literally no symptoms. So that's nice at least that I can cut down easily when I want to. So diving into the episode today, I really wanted to talk about Mary. And I have wanted to talk about her for a really long time, actually. But I think I was having trouble totally narrowing down like some sort of subtopic within Mary. But I think it's just best to kind of start with like telling you my testimony, for lack of a better word, of my relationship with Mary, um, how I became close with her and kind of like what I admire most about Mary. Because, you know, you got to start somewhere. And for a long time, I didn't have a relationship with Mary. I just didn't really feel close to her. And that was kind of like, I didn't like that. I, I knew it wasn't quite right. I knew there was something special about her, but I think I just didn't really know how to pray to her. I don't know. I just didn't feel that um, closeness. So come my sophomore year of college, there was a program at my school that was doing a Marian consecration as a community. And for those of you who don't know, a Marian consecration is, I'm getting this from my book here. It says, Marian consecration basically means giving our full permission, or as much permission as we can, to complete her motherly tasks in us, which is to form us into other Christ. Thus, by consecrating ourselves to Mary, each of us is saying to her, Mary, I want to be a saint. I know that you also want me to be a saint, and that it's your God-given mission to form me into one. So Mary, at this moment, on this day, I freely choose to give you my full permission to do your work in me with your spouse, the Holy Spirit. Wow, that is so powerful. But so essentially, in practical terms, it is 33 days of prayer and reflection to Mary um, so that we can come to that ending point where we feel like we can give her and trust her with our entire lives. So it's this huge, really powerful thing. And when my college campus announced that they were doing one, I really wanted to do it in a community and all my friends were doing it, but I just didn't feel there yet. I didn't feel like I had that prior relationship with Mary, which was okay. I was working on it, but it was hard to see my friends go to this really beautiful community event week to week and not feel ready to be a part of that. And I'm sure if I did it, she would have blessed it abundantly, but in hindsight, I chose not to do it and I'm kind of glad I did because later in my life, I was much more ready for it. So fast forward then maybe six or eight months and I went off to work at a Catholic summer camp in Colorado, which by the way, one of the coolest experiences ever. Ask me about that another time. <laughs> but going into that summer, a relationship with Mary was one of my top prayer intentions. So in the first couple weeks of camp, we had training and on one of those training days was a silent retreat which was really beautiful. And I was so anxious going into the summer. I had never been a camp counselor. I was living away from home with nobody that I knew. 
and I just didn't know what the summer was going to bring. And I just remember looking at the sky and it was this beautiful deep shade of blue. And it made me think, I was like, that is like a Marian blue color, you know, like that medium blue, medium to deep blue. And I prayed and I asked Mary, every time I need a sign that everything is going to be okay, please bring me that beautiful Marian blue sky. And oh my gosh, you guys, this prayer has been so clearly answered on so many different occasions. And I just remember that summer, every time I was struggling, I would look up and the sky would be this just beautiful, deep blue color. And I've always loved blue skies. Something about them I think is so beautiful. But to have that deeper meaning tied to it now and to know that Mary was communicating with me was just this like inexplicable feeling. One of my favorite stories about this is a group of us later that summer had decided to climb Long's Peak, which is this 14,000 foot mountain and our camp was set at the bottom of it. So, you know, it kind of been staring us down all summer, um, but it's this huge mountain and we knew it would be really, really difficult. And I was so scared, but it just kind of felt like one of those things at the end of the summer that we had to do, you know, before we left. Um, so we decided to do it and it was so scary. I was really nervous and it ended up being such a hard day. I kid you not, this was, I think 16 hours of rigorous hiking this is the most deadly mountain in Colorado and truly the hardest thing I will probably ever do in my life. I have never done anything like that. Um, and I was so scared sometimes. We would be walking on the edge of a cliff, like waddling our way through. <laughs> it felt very dangerous. Um, and I was just praying to Mary fervently all day long. And I was just so physically, mentally, and spiritually exhausted. I had this constant fear that my exhaustion was going to literally lead me to falling off a steep cliff. Like talk about panic. So I was praying all throughout this day. So for context too, there was pretty much always an afternoon storm up in the mountains and we were kind of nervous. You have to get below tree line, you know, before the um, rain comes in. And so we are trying to figure that out. But this day I noticed the sky and it was just this beautiful dark blue clear sky quite literally not a single cloud passed over us that day. And that was when I knew that I was under Mary's protection and she was climbing every single step of that mountain with me. It was just the craziest thing that never happens that there was not a single cloud in the sky. And that brought me so much peace that she was there with me saying, you are going to be okay. And I think that was really the start of me truly feeling that closeness and intimacy with Mary. And it was so cool that I trusted that it would come in due time and it did. And so it was around that time that I chose, I, it is time for me to do a Marian consecration. I am ready to entrust my life to Mary. Honestly, that has encouraged me throughout the rest of my life too, of just knowing that you will know when God's timing is right. It wasn't time for me to consecrate when the rest of my friends were. It was time when I felt that special intimacy with our mother. Since then, Mary has continued to provide me with blue skies every time I need it. And even if there just is a blue sky and it isn't something that I totally understand of why I would need it, I always say a little Hail Mary, or I try to at least, because I know that that was our special thing that started our relationship. So I guess I encourage you, like, don't be afraid to ask Mary for signs or 
to pray for that closeness to her because it came for me. It came later than I would have wanted it to originally, but it came and it was so special when it did. At camp, we also had this beautiful Marian symbol um, kind of carved into a rock there. And if you want to look it up, it's the Auspice Maria symbol. And that one has been so special to me since then too. I've honestly wanted to get it tattooed for many years and I haven't yet. <laughs> but um, it means under the protection of Mary. And I think that's what I feel with her. It's almost like a weighted blanket, you know, of like, I am here with you. I am sitting here with you in this moment. You are safe and you're under my protection. A story that I think is so revealing to Mary's heart is the wedding at Cana. And I'm sure many of you know it, but I'm going to read it just to kind of bring us all to that moment. A reading from the book of John chapter two. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. When the wine ran short, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servers, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for Jewish ceremonial washings, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told them, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it. And when the head waiter tasted the water that had become wine, without knowing where it came from, although the servers who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves good wine first. And then when people have drunk freely, an inferior one, but you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs in Cana in Galilee, and so revealed his glory. And his disciples began to believe in him. After this, he and his mother, brothers, and his disciples went down to Capernaum and stayed there only a few days. I think this story is just such a beautiful indication of how Mary intercesses for us. She brings our concerns to Jesus because she cares and she empathizes so deeply with our troubles. But at the end of the day, we really just do whatever he tells us. But oftentimes we need that push from his mother to guide us in the correct direction. A lot of times when I'm having trouble understanding what Jesus is wanting of me, I will ask Mary, I'm like, you understand what he wants. She did at the moment of the Annunciation, she did here. And a lot of times we just need her guidance um, to do the will of God correctly. Do whatever he tells you. I just think that's so beautiful and I reflect on that often. Let's chat about a few ways that you can work Mary into your daily life. One, pray the rosary. If you're start, just starting out, try praying a decade a day or try praying several decades spread out throughout the day. They truly take less than five minutes to pray a decade, so you can definitely find time for it. If you're in college, I used to always pray a decade of the rosary walking to class, something as simple as that. Or um, as you're making breakfast, you know, like you can do it at any point in the day. Um, obviously it's always better to try to sit down and be focused, but if it means you can get that prayer in, do it, do it as much as you can. You know, it is just one of the most powerful prayers out there. And once you get in the habit of it, it can be so simple. Number two, try a Marian consecration. If you never have before, 
And if you have, re-consecrate yourself. This is a reminder, you can re-consecrate yourself as many times as you want. A lot of people try to do it once a year, um, but you could even do it more often. I just looked it up and the next start date, if you want to end on a Marian feast day, the next start date is May 23rd. And that will end on the Feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, which would be really special. After that, the next start date would be June 13th, which ends on the Feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. So if you want to pray about it a little bit, um, maybe we could get maybe we could get a group together to start um, a Marian consecration on May 23rd. And then you consecrate on June 25th. Number three, incorporate some Marian prayers into your life. Get a piece of paper and write one down and just stick it on your mirror. And every morning when you wake up or before you go to bed, pray that prayer. A couple of my favorites are the Hail Holy Queen prayer or the Salve Regina. Um, that's what we end the rosary with. Or the Memorare. I probably said that wrong. I think I said that wrong. But um, you can look these up online if you don't already know them and just write them down and pray them every single day. Another way you can incorporate Mary into your life is wearing some Marian blues um, and say a little prayer. It's a simple thing, but um, just kind of honoring her in this way of if it's a Marian feast day or just because it's the month of May. I know a lot of people are doing this for May. I'm just wearing blue tones because Mary is often depicted in blue. And idea number five would be to bring flowers to um, a Marian statue near you, either if there's one at your church or um, a church nearby. I always think that's really special um, to just go and say a prayer and bring her some flowers. So I definitely want to talk about Mary again in the future, um, and I'll narrow down the topic next time. But this just kind of gives you an idea of my testimony, hopefully it inspires you that if you feel like you don't have much of a relationship with her right now, that it is possible and just have that be your intention and your prayer will be answered. I think we should end with one of my favorite prayers, the Hail Holy Queen. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, O most gracious advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O holy mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, if you have an topic idea for the show, or if you would like to sponsor an episode, you can email me at acaffeinatedcatholic at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at acaffeinatedcatholic or at sundaysips.podcast. See you next week. Bye.